From Phoenix to London. From L.A. to around the world. This is The Ticket. All sports, all the time, with your boys, former NFL Philadelphia Eagle Ray Ellis and Fan Man. Your number one fan-oriented sports talk leader, Voice America Sports. Work it, make it, do it. Makes us harder, better, faster, stronger. All right, it's that time. You hear that music. That means it's Rail and Sports on the Voice America Network with the number one co-host in the world. Fan Man. Fan Man. It's good to be back in the Valley. It's good to talk to the fans out there. Fan Man, how was your weekend? Yeah, well, I'm doing pretty good, but you sound kind of distorted on this telephone. So do, they, do, they, do our great engineers in San Diego and Tucson have everything fixed? Well, I'm sure if you tell them that I sound distorted, that they will certainly get it together. But I sound okay to me, but then again, I always sound yeah, but again, oh. Then again, I'm having a hard time understanding you, so there we go. Well, hopefully you'll get it. But I think I got a couple friends here in the studios, and I think they sound pretty good. Of course, I got Hodge and Oh, now, now you sound really Owen good. Thank you. Thank you, guys, in San Diego. Yeah. Oh, that's, is that better? Yeah, that's real good. Well, hopefully so all who, those who do you have in the studio there, Ray? Well, come on, man. You know I got my boys with me now. Who are your boys? You got a lot of boys. Man, I got Owen Hodge in the studio. Hey, Owen today. Hodge. How you Owen doing? Owen Hodge Show. What's going on, fam, man? Not much. Just hanging out, watching football all weekend, drinking, eating chicken wings, man. Oh, that's a life right there. Yeah, I, I got the great laugh, right? Go down to Huntington Beach and just sit there and watch all the girls go by and watch the games. And I'm sure you felt good this weekend because, as I, as I, as I recall, uh, your team had a good game this weekend. Yeah, my, that team was always, my, my team always has a good game, man. They won, they beat Pittsburgh. It was great. They played, It was a hard game. It, well, it was really a hard game. Well, I mean, Westbrook got hurt. I hope he comes back. But anyway, yeah, it was, it was a great, uh, great weekend. Well, you can't say you always because it was a couple of weeks ago, you know, you played the you know the cowgirls and you know something happened. But well, you know what? Uh, that was yeah, that's going to be. You know what? Uh, let me tell you something, there, boys. That's going to be resolved in December when they play again. That'll be resolved. Well, we we, we hope that happens like that because uh, you know the cowboys are playing very good football, and uh, you know, as a matter of fact, speaking of the cowboys, you know, I, I just want to make this this statement. You know, I think you should look at a player and forget about what happens with him off the field and give him credit for what he does on the field because, you know, I've always liked the way T.O. plays on the football field. And he made a couple plays that had nothing to do with him catching the ball at all. And I'm sure, you know, i got a couple other guys who play ball with, you know, as well. So they saw it. But when he, on the interception, when he was blocked, he was down on the ground, got up, ran the guy down. And then on the touchdown run, you know, where he would stop, you know, and, you know, decided to, you know, hey, I got to finish this play. And then, you know, got ahead of the running back and was able to make sure that Jones made it into the end zone. Mm-hmm. But the announcers wouldn't show him any love. And right. I, I know they had to see that on TV. How, you know? Hey, Hodge, what you think of that? That's, you know, that's that's like the, the fullback mindset right there. You get no love, you know, but he went down and he showed that he was an effort player, that he does work hard, that he is a team player. I mean, the play you talked about, Ray, when he got up and, and chased him down for that interception, that's huge. Oh, I yeah. Mean, you know, that changes from pick six to, you know, a tackle right there. They're able to get the stop that next series and get back in there, and they go down and score. So that, that's a big part of football. Hey, hey Hodge, let me ask you a question. You think Jerry Jones made some good moves by bringing in uh, Pac-Man and uh, T.O. and these type of uh, players that so-called have a bad image in the NFL, and he brings them in, gives them a second chance, and they play like the way they play? Yeah, I, I think he's always done a good job of that. And, you know, going back to um, when when Emmett and, and uh, they brought Dion in from the Niners, who was, you know, kind of not not a not a a bad apple, but he was a controversial player. And he has a he has a reputation of doing that. And I think he's done a good job rebuilding this team, um, rebuilding America's team. 
America's team. Fan man, you hear that? Not yeah, I hate that. I hate when they say, who you came know, up with that slogan America's anyway? America's team. Because they put that star in the middle of the field? Is that what the it was? The star in the middle of the field and... and uh, I liked when Chio danced on that star. Remember when he was with the 49ers Cowboys and he da- did the dance on it? <laughs> that was ph- that was phenomenal. I loved it. I mean, but I yeah. like T.O. as a player. I really do. He's a great player. But, you know, he has his attitudes, and, you know, if he doesn't get his way, that's okay. But, you know, hey, he goes to Dallas, look what he's doing. So good for him. Well, you know, he has And I hate saying that because I'm an Eagles fan, but, you know, I like the player. I like him. I, I think he's probably down-to-earth nice guy. He just puts the show on. He's done a lot of good things for the Cowboys, and I, yes, I know he was pressed uh, at the end of the game when they played the Cowboys. He was pressed by Emmitt Smith to talk about, you know, who the leader was, who was the person that would step up in the huddle. Why and, did Emmitt jam him up like that, though? And I, and I, <laughs> I, I, I really don't understand that because, for me, anytime I played on a team, there's, you, you, know, may have, you may have a captain. That's only because you have to choose, you know, one, two, three, or four captains. But beyond that... Every player has right. the opportunity to step up if he feels his time, and we all listen to it. We show them respect. But once you get in the huddle, it's the quarterback or the linebacker, the signal caller who's calling the defense or the offense. That person can shut everybody up. But T.O. obviously, you know, does his leadership by example. Everything he, everything he needs to do or he needs to say, he does it by an example. Hey, and, and oh, I that, got a question that, that for you. Great. Last night's game, tell me what you thought about that and what you think should have happened. I'm sorry, what part are you talking about last I'm night? You're talking about San Diego and the Jets. Well, you know, the thing about it, Brett Favre just got outplayed. You know, you know, he threw, you know. Well, I wasn't asking you that. I was asking O that. What's, what's, the, what's that, fan man? Yeah, the San Diego versus New York. What do you think? Do you think the Jets are, you know, did they, did they, did they make a good move? What do you think? No, I, th- I think San Diego is basically two plays away from being a 2-0 and team. And people are saying hit the panic button. And the things with San Diego, they know they're a good team. And I think they're going to be in the thick of things, you know, when it comes to playoff time. And they came out, their back was against the wall a little bit. They just came out and played, you know, very, very good defense. They made plays on defense and blocked for LT and blocked for Phillip Rivers. And he threw the ball around like he was out playing playing at the, at the local, uh, local park. And yeah, he threw it for 250 yards, three exactly. touchdowns. And it, it kind of – that defense exploited the Jets and it let everyone know that the Jets aren't as good as – people think they are just because they have Brett Favre. I mean, but Brett Favre's going to throw picks. But hold on. The, I mean, people are kind of hitting the panic button now on the Jets, I feel like, also. And that that's a game that, realistically, you're traveling from the East Coast all the way to the West Coast playing Monday Night Football. That's a game you're supposed to lose. It to the really team is. that's picked to win the whole AFC, really. So people are like, you know, what is Brett – This was, a, was this a bad move bringing them in? No, because the Cardinals are going to go up there next week to New York and they're going to get pounded. And the thing is, it's it's funny whoa, how whoa, whoa, whoa. What you, what, you said they're going to get pounded. Yeah, the Jets Cardinals are going to pound the Cardinals. Yeah, the Tweety Birds. Get, yeah, well, no, you know, whenever you. when you, you go coast to coast and you're playing in a hostile environment, environment man, th- those are tough games to win. Yeah, but so. oh, see, uh, the coach Wisenhunt and and you know, um, um, Kurt Warner's pissed off because they were going to stay on the East Coast for the week. They're not coming back to the to the Tweety Bird land. Well, yeah, well, Kurt's pissed off. I mean, he, yeah, that's personal reasons why he's pissed off. Well, he that wants to be with his family. The, the amount of money he makes for you to, to fly his family out there. Yeah. Well, he certainly should do that, and that's exactly, that's my yeah, point. Well, that's made. It's what's best for the team. It's not what's necessarily best for the individual. All right, so, 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 oh, so you think that the uh, Jets are going to pound the uh, pigeons into the ground? No, I actually don't. I think it's going to be a closer game, but I think I think the Jets will probably pull it out. But I think people are hitting the panic button on the Jets. They just – Played a better team and they got whooped. Exactly. Basically, the San Diego Chargers are a better team than the Jets. Basically, I mean that's and, and it showed last well, night. Well, you know what? What I took away from the game too was not so much that they were that much a better team, but San Diego did the little things right. They took care of the football. The Jets had 
the fumble by Thomas, the the three inter- two or three interceptions by Favre. You can't do that in a Monday night primetime game against a good team. But anytime you turn the ball over, you, most of the time you're gonna lose a game. But let, let me let me let me let me at this point. The first drive, Phillip River throws a pick six. Yes. Right. You're an 0-2 team. If you don't have the confidence in yourself right. yeah, no. and you throw a pick six, you're going to say, you know, you're going to go tank it. And what do they do? They come back, and next thing you know, they're up 21-14. Yeah. I yeah. mean, 21-7. So that's a championship caliber team. You can I agree. start off horrible and rebound and go and take control of the game and, you know, put the Jets away early. But, oh, wouldn't you say this? When You know, I think everybody does this, too. At the beginning of the season, when the schedule comes out, don't you take the schedule in your hand. You take a look at the schedule. Correct. You go down the schedule yeah. and you look at who game. you think you're going to win. You're going to lose this one. That's exactly right. And wouldn't you say that San Diego on there, as they looked at that schedule, yeah. thought that they would beat the Jets yeah. anyway? Yeah. yeah. And the exactly. Jets probably, and the in their mindset, didn't think hey, they were going to come to San right. Diego and win that game. Right. But the you thing know, is, you're never thinking you're going to just – win or lose a game like that, but but in your mind, you say, hey, you know what? This is a, a West Coast trip right? against the team gonna that's probably going to win the division. This is going to be a tough win. I, right. I, I would say that, but the fact at the beginning of the at the beginning of the season, but when you see San Diego 0-2, they're licking their chops. They're saying they're wounded. They're 0-2. They haven't won. We can go down there and steal that game. They're not going But if you really watch the film, saying, we're, we're, we're like you said, but San Diego's only two plays away right. from being 2-0. But and they're still 0-2. But, that's exactly right. But, but you, if but you, you watch the film, you, you see that this is a good Team. And They've the been playing good football. Right, and that's the way the coaches probably approach it. Hey, on paper, this team is not an 0-2 team. You know, the reality of it is they lost two games, but this is a much better team. Don't go in there thinking right. that this is an 0-2 team. Don't go in there sleeping. Yeah, I understand that. But from a player's perspective, you've played a team that hasn't won, you're like, okay, we're not going to be their first We're not going to be their right. first win. That's right. your mentality regardless who they are. Well, I, let me say tough. this. Okay, let me ask you something. If it's 0-2, if you know, before this week, 0-2 Miami Dolphins as opposed to 0-2 San Diego Chargers, who do you think is a better team? San Diego Chargers. Okay, so if you were playing one of those two teams, who would you feel more comfortable about the chances of you winning as opposed to the other? I understand I understand your point, but just the fact that they're 0-2, you don't, you're going to have more confidence going against an 0-2 team regardless – if they're they have they're better on paper because it's just on paper. Man, I like this. I'm, when you guys get your show, y'all got to keep going at it just like <laughs> this here, man. This you know, there's two DBs going at it. We got. Hey, well, you know, Ray, if you let them talk, I'm learning something here. <laughs> hey, man, he he just he just educated you, fam, man. Aren't I you know he did. That's that? what I told you. Shut up. He's educating me. I'm getting all this information. <laughs> well, so I want to educate you too. When I go on their show, I want to educate you too. Now, this is Ray Ellis Sports. So you because. Sh- <laughs> We're about to move us on to something else, guys. Hey, listen, as I went down the schedule last week. You guys weren't here, but there was a couple games that, you know, that were kind of – I thought they would be some pretty good games, and I thought they were some pretty good games. And I want to talk about it because we didn't get a chance to talk a whole lot about the Arizona Cardinals. You said something about them. Arizona goes into the Washington Redskins Stadium, a hostile environment. Right. Okay, uh, when we look at that, Hodge, do you automatically think, wow, there's no chance they're going to beat the Redskins? Or you think they went in there pretty confident they just lost that ball game? Uh, yeah, they were, I think they went in there confident being 2-0. And, and they were, you know, you know, there was a lot put on, I think, through the media that, hey, 3-0, and Arizona Cardinals haven't been 3-0 and since, I don't know when it was. <laughs> 1990-something. Yeah, right. No, it was before that. 1988. Yeah. Wow. So, That's a long time ago. A long time ago. So, you know. Big deal that they were going to be three and zero, you know, and I think they were going in there confident. They've been playing good football, but you know, I think it's an, another, it's a it's a big advantage to be playing at home and have a team travel all the way from another coast. Now, well, going you know, but on paper, let me say something here about about the Pigeons and the Redskins. Basically, the Pigeons had to show the fans in Phoenix and the state of Arizona and the NFL that they are a team to be reckoned with, and they let everybody down in that game. They should have beat Washington today. And I called Ray up and I said, Ray, you know what? If they win the game, I'll be eighty percent with the Pigeons, but. 
I'm right back where I was. 1991, they were 2-0, and went into D.C. with Bugle, and guess what happened? They lost and went 4-12. and So... Yeah, but they went into the Redskins. I mean, Redskins no, I don't is a, that's a pretty, Come that's on. a pretty good football team going in there. You know, I'm not so disappointed. I don't think they're that good. I'm not disappointed that they lost against the Washington Redskins. I'm not going to jump off the bandwagon. I, I think that whole NFC East is it's is a good. tough, oh, it's tough, a, oh, it's a tough very division. tough division. And I and I believe that they, I, I think they played a very good football game. I, I well, they lost, too. right? They, well, well, they did lose. Well, but, but in the end, you're looking at how a team is playing, how they performed. You know. How they went across, you know, they went across the country and played the team, uh, a good team, a not good football good. team. Yeah, not yeah they're not good. The Redskins are not that good. No, I, well, I, I tell you what, I take those four teams when we talk about the NFC East, those right. four teams, and I match them up against, you know, wait, 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 probably seventy percent of the other, you know, people in the league, and, and they're going to win. Hey, Ray, I, let's go back to last week when the Pigeons beat the Dolphins. Dolphins go to New England, beat New England. I can't right. figure that out. Is the Dolphins that, are they that good or that bad? Or is the, is the Patriots that bad? Well, the, the Dolphins actually gave you a chance to uh, understand what the model of the National Football League is all about, and that's on any given Sunday. And that's just what happened. I mean, you go in there, nobody expects that the Dolphins are going to manhandle uh, the Patriots the way they did. But it was, uh, it was uh, for me, I think it, they were outcoached. They were outcoached and outplayed. Now, everybody thought that, uh, of course, uh, you know, Belichick was being sarcastic. But the fact of the matter is they were outcoached. They, oh, they, 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 they didn't make any adjustments at all. James, what did you think about the New England-Miami game? I mean, when the fans were walking out of the fourth quarter, I thought they were the hardcore fans of the Patriots. They always stay with their team, and they're walking out booing. I want your, you know, what you, what you think about that. What, what, what do you have to say about that? Well, that's one thing that the fans have an opportunity to do because it's different in college than a university or a high school where you right, go yeah, to well, them. Right, they, they win all the time. They win all these Super Bowls and right. the, the has, championship. Has, and then they lose nothing, the game to Miami no. and they're all walking out booing. What a bunch of, what, I'm only even saying words because it's a PG-rated show. <laughs> that, it is a PG-rated show, and we got to take a break because we got music. But you're listening to Rail Sports on the Voice of America Network. We're with the number one co-host in the world. Man, man. I got a couple guests in the studio with me. Oh, Hodge. And we'll be right back after these messages. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spies are especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. I'm Joe Wood, president of Famous Footwear. We are a proud sponsor of March of Dimes' premier walking event, March for Babies, formerly known as Walk America. 
More babies begin healthy lives because of March of Dimes research and programs. And with our support, we can do even more for families all over America. One day, all babies will be born healthy, but we have to walk to get there. Join the March for Babies. Sign up at marchforbabies.org. to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports all right we're back in the real sports on the voice america network with the number one co-host in the world man, man. a couple friends in the studio with me owen hodge and we having a good time man owen hodge i think y'all got a show color sometime soon am i right Yes, sir. Two weeks and counting. Wow, two ready, weeks, ready man. Ready to get it going. Hey, well, listen, uh, I want to make sure that everybody out there gets an opportunity to tune in to your show so you guys, as Fan Man says, I'm talking too much. You guys all get an opportunity to talk a little bit more than you do now. And when you talk a little bit, you're going to, of course, this is this is the sports channel, so we're going to talk about sports, but you guys get a chance to talk a little bit about sports. Tell a little bit about, tell everybody a little bit about what you're going to talk about. Then. Yeah, the Owen Hodge Show is October 6th, Mondays. Uh, we're going to be doing with the AFC and reviewing those games and going over previewing the Monday night football game. And then I, of course, will be making j- constant jokes about Omar and teasing him. And so that's pretty funny. It's, and you know it's what? pretty funny to him because his jokes are so bad. He's the only one that laughs at them. <laughs> I tell you what, man, it, it's, it's, it's a difference in size. I don't know what's going to be the difference in, in what they say, but I'm going to tell you it's a lot different in size when you There's see these two men here. And, uh, but we're, we're glad to have you guys on, on the network. But uh, let, let's talk a little bit about you know, football. You know, and speaking you know, of the AFC, you know, anything you've seen in the AFC that you think you know, is uh, perhaps maybe something to – make you feel as if, man, maybe the NFC going to take the Super Bowl again this year, or you, you think there's, a, you know, somebody in the NFC is going to step it up over there? I don't I, – you know, to be honest, I think the NFC is, is showing, proving that they're so strong right now that I don't know that the, the Super Bowl is going to go back to an AFC team. Yeah, and, I mean, and, and it's, Giants, it's, Cowboys, it's early, but It is still. early, but you got the Giants, the Cowboys, Philly, uh, you know, Green Bay's no sleeper. You know, the, you got some solid teams playing really good football – Especially in the NFC East, and you know, in the in the AFC, you know, it's it's so up and down. You had you had New England, where everyone was wondering, you know, what's going to happen after Brady? Okay, they came back and they won this game, and then they go down to Miami and they just get walloped. Right. And I mean, not to go back to that game, but my goodness, they they got out coached, they got out outplayed, but definitely out coached because they came in there and Miami ran the spread offense, a college offense. And Ronnie, Ronnie, uh, Ronnie Brown, Ronnie Brown, and Ricky Williams just ran all over them. Now, now let me ask you something because you know, fam is talking about educating the fans and things of that nature. And you and I both have called this, you know, again, a spread offense, but certainly a play that's running college all the oh, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, wh- why do you think that, that Belichick, who's a, supposed to be a defensive genius, wasn't able to make the adjustment? Well, that's what I love about it. You know, it, is. They went down there, and, and for once, Belichick didn't look like the genius the, the Miami coaching staff did. And they went down there and were unique, were different, said, hey, we're going to try this. And they went out there, and they not just did it, but they executed it perfectly. I mean, Ronnie Brown looked like he'd been doing that his whole college career, and I don't think he's ever done it before. Right, right. 
Well, they they, they did look good, and I got I got to give them credit, you know. And and now, do you anticipate that you will see that again from the Miami Dolphins? I was wondering when that was gonna when I was gonna start seeing that in the NFL, and I think that it's gonna it's gonna creep in slowly, especially with all these teams having two running backs that are really good and talented, Jacksonville, um, you know, Dallas for sure. You know, all these teams got stables of running backs nowadays, and you know. Ronnie Brown and Ricky Williams went down there, and, and you know both. You know Ricky had uh, 98 yards, and Ronnie Brown had 113, and and was in on five touchdown plays. That's for hey, four well, and I, I, for I, one. Say one thing: is is it because Belichick couldn't cheat? <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> yeah, well, you, you know what? You could actually tell that he di- he did not have uh, any film on this before because they looked like they had never seen it before. That's and exactly that's right. what I'm, I'm getting to. Because <laughs> so I watched the game. It's like, would you, you know, he he could he didn't have a chance to cheat. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And he usually makes his adjustments at halftime. I mean, that's when everybody, you know, you go into a game and basically at halftime, if there are adjustments to be made, that's when they're made. And and there was no adjustment for them. And uh, I'm just I'm just happy for the Miami Dolphins. You know, it's it's a team that I mean, when you think about the different places throughout the country where a, a young man comes out of college and he liked to play football. I would think Miami Dolphins would be right up there amongst the top of some place that he could go. I mean, Hodge, if you came out of college and, wow, you was drafted by the Dolphins, you'd be a little bit excited about that. Am I right, O? Yeah, who wouldn't want to go play for Miami? I mean, you'd go hang out on South Beach. And, Miami you know, Dolphins. That, that would be hey, probably Hodge, one of the best places to Cardinals, would you be happy? to play. If you, got, if you got drafted by the Cardinals, would you be happy? Boo, no, that would be a <laughs> death sentence to your career. Yeah, <laughs> goodbye well, career. You know what? It's it's funny you say that because when I first yeah, ask, came here, I said Andre Wadsworth out. I, I yeah, told, but this is what I told. <laughs> this is what I told fan man when I first got here. I said, you know, my problem with this team is that the players come here like everybody else with a retirement mentality. This is not a place to come if you're an NFL player to start thinking about retiring. You know, and it it kind of does that to you because. I mean, you, every day is a beautiful day here, you know, yes, it, yes, it and, and you can just kind of get caught up in it. You can be it could be November or it could be December. And if you're from the Midwest and you start thinking about how cold it is back there right. and then you're riding back. around with your, with your top down. Yeah. You know, it's just like vacation. And, yeah. and, and, and this is that's the time of the year where you have to win football games in November, hey. December. And that's when those guys are on vacation. I, I'm going like. to tell all the NFL players out there, anybody listening, don't come to Arizona. You'll be living down there in Sun City with me, retired. <laughs> retired in <laughs> Sun City. Hey, anyway, getting to you. the Raiders and the Bills, you think that, you think that uh, pot-marked-faced uh, owner is going to get rid of uh, – Get rid of the coach over there? Well, you know, and, and I, I, I'll tell you what, I'm going to ask uh, O that question because, you know, many times, you know, you know this young man has <laughs> four championship rings on his fingers, okay? And so he probably is very much aware of what it's like to play with the coach who, like the guy in Denver, has the confidence that he's not going anywhere. He can make the call what he thinks is best for his team and feel okay about it. Now, I know that, uh, you know, the young man left some timeouts in his pocket when he left the field. But what do you think it'd be like for the, for the players and for the coach to be in a place like Oakland trying to play football and the owner, you may come in the next day and the owner may say that the coach is gone? Well, for the, in Oakland, the, the players have more job security than the coach does, without a doubt. And if you're Lane Kiffin, you're just basically your, – your stuff's packed or just, it's just sitting at the door. I don't think he'll make it through, this, through the season. I think uh, Al Davis will get rid of him and probably bring in somebody else that he can, you know, use as a Muppet until Al Davis either retires or – God forbid, passes away. And don't and then you think that's get, let somebody else come in and let them actually do 
their job as a head coach. And until then, the Raiders organization is going nowhere. Don't don't you think as a player, I mean, you know, me and you both, we all played, the three of us, and, and fan man, you watched us play. Yeah, I, I watched <laughs> you play and I fantasized. But, <laughs> but don't you think as a player that's a hard situation to be in? Not You know, we talked about this before as players. We like things to be certain for sure. We like to know what's going to happen. And the uncertainty of it, of who's going to be our coach, you know, what's going on. I, that's, I think it's a bad situation that Al Davis is putting them in down there and, and adding more pressure to the pressure that's already in front of them to try to win football games. Yeah, well, you, think, know, you know, that coach was, used to be an assistant to Pete Carroll at USC, so he's, yeah. he's not stupid. No, I think I think the man. I think he's a very. I think he's a very intelligent football coach. Yeah, I think he's very intelligent. But Al Davis is interrupting it, and just like O said, and Hodge. I mean, you know, and I'm not a player. Never was, but I can imagine in an organization where the 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 top, the CEO, which is which is Al Davis, is 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 intertwining and messing around with everything, and and everybody feels displaced. Exactly. Well, I I can't think of any other place uh, in the National Football League where, uh, with the exception of Jerry Jones. But Jerry Jones, I don't think when he comes down to the field. I don't think that Wade Phillips or any of his other coaches, Parcells, have ever felt that their job was on the line right. and that any given week that they may be fired. This is the first time that I've ever witnessed that it's been, you know, I guess in the public, in part of the conversation every week in terms of the media, uh, this man's got an answer about his job. I've never been in a situation like that with a football coach where, you know, I'm sure the players are wondering, oh, wow, because they, they hear the same things. They're probably wondering, mm-hmm. is he going to be fired? And so in terms of them going out and being able to play to the best of their ability, without, this is the first time I think there is a real distraction when it comes to football because other right. than that, you guys know, you got to tune all that stuff out and right. you got to go play ball. But well, I me, think let me change the subject a little bit. And, Ray, you brought this up before about uh, Herm Edwards in Kansas City. We're talking about the same thing. You think his, his job is on the line now? Well, you know, that, that, now that's a different thing. That You know, that is truly, without a doubt, you can look at what's been happening to that organization and the fact that they've given them a number of years and they just haven't produced. And, and because of that reason, then you feel that probably at the end of the season that they may go. But there's a couple other people out there. But I, I, I believe, you know, if you're asking my professional opinion based upon performance of what that team is doing under that administration, I think that Herman and probably Carl both may be gone. Hey, hey Hodge, what do you think about that? I, th- I think that there is a few coaching vacancies that are going to happen <laughs> this year. I mean, St. Louis, Linehan. Definitely probably Oakland, Kansas City. I mean, there's going to be some. It's Detroit. Gonna be, Detroit. It's going to be coaching carousel. And not only that, you just mentioned with Carl Peterson, there's going to be some, some executive positions opening up. Like in Detroit, Matt Millen, I don't think he's going to be there. You know, there's going to be some changes made around the NFL this offseason, definitely. And, and, that, and, that's, and that's one of those things, again, the only one that's, you know, of course, being played out in the media that's a, a soap opera is the one that's in L.A. Now, I mean, exactly. you know, it, it, maybe there's a reason why that is. Maybe it's California. Uh, you know, I don't know. But the fact of the matter is it's being played out. And I think it's unfair to the, to the coach in particular. And p- part of the reason why is because he's so young. I mean, I don't hey, think he's 33 could, years old. Yeah, yeah I don't think tough. you could do that. I don't even think you could do. You oh, can yeah, try that. With wait, 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 wait. And, and O oh, and Hodge, why would he hire a 33-year-old coach and put him in the position exactly. of defending himself in the media and the and the fans are going crazy and, and the team is, is disorganized? Why would yeah. he do that? Uh, you so, know. so he can pull the strings and, and there won't be any second guessing because if it was a veteran coach and he tried to make those moves, the coach would have something to say about it. You hire a 33-year-old coach. What is the coach going to say when Al, when Al Davis says, you know what, these are the moves I want you to make? What is the, guy, what is the coach going to say? He's going to say, yes, sir. That's why. 
And and for me, you know, it, I, I really find that hard to believe that something like that would take place in today's game because, you know, Al Davis is one of the guys that built this league. And people had a lot of respect for him, and, and, and deservingly so, because he's had good football teams, and it's always be interesting you well, know, to yeah, watch the yeah, Raiders you know, play. Uh, oh, do you think the Raiders fans have respect for Al Davis? You know, not right now I don't. And back, it all comes down to winning. If you're yeah, winning, yeah, right. it makes everything better. But they're not winning. So, no, I don't. Well, I, I'm going to disagree with that because I believe that the Raider fans are some of the most loyal fans in football. I mean, they are always there. They probably spend more money on paraphernalia to dress up like their team. I mean, Raider Nation is is huge. And they truly believe that, you know, something's going to happen. They I mean, they got, the they, got, they got two impact players. They love the team, the but they don't respect the owner. There's a difference. You can be loyal to the team and go out and put, paint your face black and black and silver, but that doesn't mean you respect the owner, Al Davis. And you know what every year is funny with the Raider fans is they always think they're going to have a good team. Always <laughs> think they're going to have a good team. Hey, we got we got a good show right here, so tune in. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this message. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network with the number one co-host in the world. Man, man. Yes. And my boy. Hart. I want to... The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Jack, he'll get you right back to your head. presents Jack, Jack LaLanne Lane Live on the Voice America Health and Wellness Radio Network. Each week, Jack is joined by Elaine LaLanne and his nephew, bodybuilder, kinesiologist, and personal trainer, Chris LaLanne, to answer your questions and help you overcome your fitness roadblocks. That's three times the diet and fitness know-how. Three times the entertainment. Tune in every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific to Jack LaLanne Live on the Voice America Health and Wellness Radio Network. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. All right, we're back. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network with the number one co-host in the world. Fan man. All right, fan man. Listen, I think we got Jeff with us and we got Eric with us. Uh, is that right? I am hey here, Ray. What's going on? 
Okay, guys. Yeah, man, I appreciate you guys holding on there. We were into a little bit of a discussion there, but you know, Al Davis is, uh, <laughs> and and I can appreciate I can appreciate what 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 uh, what O was saying about the fact that hey, you know, if if you're not winning, uh, but I, I think there's just some teams where you know the owners have done a tremendous job at least of trying to get players in to the organization and trying to put talent out there and trying to put a winning team on the field. I think he meddles a little bit too much, but it's not like he's not spending money, he's not bringing players in. And so I think those, some of those people, you know, have an affinity for him, uh, and I think they always will have. But, uh, but then again, we all got our opinions, man. But let's move on because I, I believe it's uh, time to talk a little bit about fantasy, man, and uh, tell me a little bit about what's happening in, in fantasy land. And then, of course, I'm going to see if, if Jeff can, uh, can help you guys out there too because he's seen some of those uh, – you know, some of those fantasies participate on the field and do some good things, and some of them do some bad things. But uh, talk to me a little bit about it, Eric. All right. Well, first, man, got to say, looking very forward to two weeks from now listening to Owen Hodge. Can't wait for their show. Yeah, yeah. And uh, want to be the first person to download the Owen Hodge desktop icon when it's there ready. You know, I got it on my computer, the butts and butts. Right there. <laughs> not That's a nice one, too. Not know it all. That's what I love about those guys, so. All right, in in fantasy, what I want to tell everybody is, first of all, who they should be looking to pick up, because that's what everyone really wants to know. Bye weeks are coming up. Who's available? Who do you need to pick up on a quick start? And uh, quarterbacks, you got Trent Green taking over for Bolger, Brian Greasy, who had a big game, uh, Gus Frott, who's taking over, looks like he's going to be the starter again this week, and Kerry Collins, if he's still available. Running backs, you got Rudy Johnson, he looked like he's becoming a bigger part of the offense every week. Brandon Jackson, while Ryan Grant still hurt, and if he's not picked up in any of your leagues, pick up Rashard Mendenhall or Steve Slayton, two guys that I think, uh, if given the opportunity, which it looks like Slayton definitely is, yeah. could be studs. So receivers, you got Miles Austin and Robert Meacham I like out of the Saints. I think he's the guy who seems to be taking over more than Patton. And uh, if you need a tight end, it looks like Shockey is out for a while. And uh, Billy Miller looks like a decent pickup if John Carlson's not available, which in most leagues he's not. So that's what's going on fantasy-wise. You also got some injuries with Willie Parker out, Big Ben out, Ryan Grant out, and again, Jeremy Shockey. So those are the guys that you want to look at as, as making sure they're on your bench and then look for who's available. And also, don't get fooled by these Ronnie Brown trades that I'm hearing out there. It was a one-week wonder. I don't expect him to have those kind of weeks, you know, many more times this season. So don't get fooled. What I'm with do? you on that, Eric. What did he do? He, so he must have, what he scored, uh, he ran three and four. threw He ran one? four and threw one. Wow. But, I've um, you know, listen, it was amazing to watch. I love to see a team that pulls off the trick plays so well that the cameraman can't follow them. <laughs> but it isn't going to happen. You know, it's not something that's going to happen week in and week out. And I hear some people talking about some – Ronnie Brown for some high-level running back trades that I just wow. hope people don't take the bait on. So you don't. So you don't think Belichick was the only person that looked bad this weekend, then? Huh? The cameraman couldn't follow him. Of course, Belichick <laughs> couldn't. So, All right, Eric, can I interject with someone? Yeah, Absolutely. please go ahead, Jeff. Um, I'm I'm buying uh, Anthony Fasano as a good tight end right now. He's especially with his connection with Pennington, a guy who likes to yeah. for his tight end. Uh, he's had he some good weeks. He is my backup tight end in two leagues. And I love them. I love the fact that they brought him over uh, from Dallas because they thought so highly of him. So, yeah, he's a guy, if he's available, he, he's a guy who should be on, you know, shouldn't be available in many leagues. But if he is and people are sleeping, absolutely pick him up. 
Hey, see, and, and that's why Jeff is so vital to, to have some input because there's a lot of people out there, and I, I really didn't know this because we had a show on, I think it was last season, and uh, we had a person who actually was running a fantasy league, and, and he told me how important it is and uh, you know to hear what the guys who cover the team every day have to say, and uh, they call those people out there in the profession beat writers, and we want to thank our good friend Jeff Mosher for, for joining the show with us and, and, and adding some input. Hey, Jeff, uh, tell me a little bit about Philadelphia, man. Hey, I, I was happy to, to see that game, uh, you know, a game of which I, I, that's the way I think the Philadelphia Eagles can play football mm-hmm. all the time. You know, when mm-hmm. everybody comes to play, you know, they play good special teams, they play offense, defense, you know, and, and even when Westbrook went down, the running game was still adequate enough for them to seal a victory. So tell us a little bit about what's happening there in Philadelphia and in the NFC East a little bit too. Good segue between fantasy and Westbrook because another good option, um, I think, would be Carell Buckhalter this week. Last year when Brian Westbrook missed his game, Carell Buckhalter ran for 112 yards and a touchdown. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> um, you know, what you saw from them, the Eagles especially defensively, was it was pretty spectacular. But um, a lot of people are going to remember this as the game where, where they sacked, uh, you know, Roethlisberger eight times and then, you know, one more on Leftwich. But... To be honest with you, the only way you can do that is by stopping the run and forcing them to pass into situations. And kind of the unsung hero is the run defense more than the, the blitzing defense. They were all over Willie Parker. He had seven or eight runs of negative yardage, and he only ran 13 times. So uh, Mike Patterson and Broderick Bunkley, uh, you know, you don't hear those names as much because you're hearing the Trent Coles and the Juque Parkers, but those guys just dominated the line of scrimmage. They kept the Steelers from trying to run the ball, and eventually made them a pass, passing team. And, you know, Steelers have never been a passing team like that. So um, it really allowed for the, the, all the Jim, Jim Johnson to use as many blitzes as he had. Hey, hey I got a question for Jeff who's never steered me wrong. So <laughs> is, is Westbrook probably going to be out a week? You think Buckholder will start this week? I think it's 50-50. Uh, it's just so unpredictable in how, how his ankle can heal. It's not like having a, a knee injury that could, you know, get better throughout the week because in the past Westbrook has – had knee injuries and been able to play through them. The ankle is a whole different animal, and, and if it doesn't heal correctly or if, if it's still tender, then they're probably not going to risk it. So I'd say he's, he's definitely 50-50 with maybe a lean toward 40-60 before leaning toward 60-40, you know? Hey, Jeff, and I'm going to say this, too, and I'm going to ask Hodge to comment on this, too. You know, you, you made a very good point there when you talked about the two different kind of injuries. You know, with the knee, there's a couple things you can do to add some support. With with an ankle, the only thing you really try to do is try to tape it up. Yeah. And and, right. and I would just say, if you got somebody like Buckholder, and I, I'm yeah, there's a difference. There's a drop off there between he and Westbrook. But I would not take the chance of risking him for the entire rest of the season by putting him back in this week and mm-hmm. and pushing his rehabilitation back. You know, weeks and weeks and weeks. When you got somebody like Buck, like Buckholder, well, I put that, Buckholder in it. Well, that's the the great thing about having two good running backs or two good quarterbacks. You know what I mean? And and Buckholder, he's a great player, but you know the thing is, you want to give that ankle time to heal. Why have it be an injury that's going to lag on for the whole season? Right. When you got somebody in there who's obviously came back from those knee injuries, he looks spectacular this yeah. week. And I, you know, I was proud to see him see that because I like seeing a player that comes back from adversity, comes back from mm-hmm. knee surgery. And still performed the way he did, and he looked explosive. He jumping over people. I mean, I used to jump over Omar like that all the time in practice back in San Jose State. It just I, you know, I, I think that um, uh, Westbrook should be held out another week. Um, the Eagles have a long way to go, and I think Buckholder can hold, hold the you know hold do the do the job that needs to be done. Hey, and Don't I know uh, you know. 
Fan man, I'm glad you said that because I know there's somebody else who feels just like you, and that is Mr. Butch. Because I remember that this summer that Eric, you were you were very upset, and you too, fan man, that Westbrook went into training camp and they hadn't extended his contract because you guys were concerned he might get hurt and all those other things. That's exactly I gotta t- right. I, I wasn't upset about it. I was happy about it. I just thought he was dumb for doing it. I, I, I love to see a guy who puts the cleats on and wants to get the win for for my organization. But, uh, you know, if I was his agent or if I was his mother, I would have tried to talk him out of it. That <laughs> right. Was That's what I remember you saying. I was going to run a tape back on you there because I thought you kind of changed up on me. But nah, let me just ask. Shouldn't so, have put his cleats on. That's what I okay, said. Okay. Well, well, let me ask you. Hey, Jeff, going in there, you know, uh, you know, we see one of the former Eagles up in Green Bay, you know, got a very serious injury. And that's mm-hmm. Al Harris. And I think he's done for the year. How bad is Donovan? Uh, is it something we should be concerned about? How bad is who? Donovan. Oh, oh. <laughs> Flip the switch on me there from Al Harris. Yeah, yeah, I, because I just wanted to say, you know, there was a guy, another Eagle guy, you know, you know, sometimes we get a little banged up, you know, and he's done yeah. for the year, and he's a very yeah. important part to that team. Donovan's a very important part to this team. You know, is he that banged up or nothing well, to be Well, you know, he was able about? to come back into the game. He missed about a series and a half. He had a chest contusion right in the upper pectoral area. Uh, he was in the locker room getting a little treatment, getting taped up, and really it was it – was, when he came out, he had trouble throwing the ball deep. He was able to, you know, connect on the on the short stuff, but really getting, you know, that's his bread and butter, getting the ball deep. So it kind of forced Andy Reid to, to be a little bit more conservative with his offense. And, you know, Andy Reid does not like to be conservative with his offense. So that just showed you how, how you know, how the, the tone of the game was going. He knew his defense was going to win the game, and, and uh, so he was allowed to do that. Donovan will be sore this week, and, um, you know, it's, it's again, it's kind of like Westbrook hit, you have to see how how he recovers. Now Donovan's expected to play. There's no question about that. It's just how how well he'll be able to get the ball downfield. And and the question is, will Reed have to again rely a lot on the defense and come out with a conservative game plan? Hey, hey uh, Jeff, let me ask yeah. you this: When 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 are we going to see Donovan use his legs again, or is that a wrap? It's a wrap. I mean, if you uh, saw the Dallas game in the, the fourth quarter, the last two drives when they had given up the lead, there were a few times where Donovan had some 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 room to move where he could have. Right. He could have broke a few off and, and helped the team, and he took two really bad sacks in the yeah, last he took, uh, he took three minute. sacks last week. And that's yeah, I'm yeah, I'm sorry, against, against um, Dallas on Monday night. Yeah. He took two really bad sacks. He said there were some, some opportunities, you know, in retrospect after looking at film where he could have run, but he just really tended to, you can tell, he just right. doesn't want to do it anymore. Hey, I got a question for Owen Hodge. With McNabb having this injury before, how much of a help is it to you as a player when it's a familiar injury? Does that allow you to, to know how to play better with the injury since it's something you've experienced in the past? I would say yes. Whenever you've gone through something and you've been through it, you know how to deal with it and you become comfortable dealing with that specific injury. If it happens again, you know you basically know what, what's coming. You know how to brace yourself for it. You know what things you, you can do and what things you can do. You know your limitations. and. Since he's been through it before, I think he'll be fine with it. And that's a chest contusion, you said? Yeah, a chest contusion. Yeah, I gave Omar one of those other that socked right in his chest. But, yeah, you know, guys, it shouldn't be no, that big of a deal. Go get a massage. I a chest contusion. <laughs> well, you know, hey, one thing about it, too, guys, and we've had injuries before, the, the thing that I think athletes like the best about if there's anything about having an injury is to have an injury that you had before because then you know how to treat it yourself yeah. and you don't always have to go to the training room. It's like, exactly. hey, man, you know, I know all I got to do is put some ice on it or <laughs> right. I got to do this or right. I got to do that. But, uh, 
Hey, you know, I, I'm just hoping that it's something that doesn't keep Donovan out of the game because Donovan is looking like the Donovan of old, which went to the Super Bowl. Minus the running. Hey, yeah, okay, listen, you listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network with the number one co-host in the world. Man, man. My friends with me. Owen Hug. We'll be right back after these messages. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Take a look inside the country's fastest-growing professional sports organization. Join Robbie Kendall for Inside the ABA on the Voice America Sports Channel. The show will feature weekly interviews with the owners, players, coaches, and influential league executives. Tune in and be a part of the fastest-growing sports organization in the world. You can hear Inside the ABA every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time right here on the Voice America Sports Channel. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. Come on, Hodge, man. You ain't old enough to know about that, man. That's some old school there, man. You listen to Rail Sports on the Voice of America Network with the number one co-host in the world. Fan man. Fan man, you know about that old school, huh? Oh, yeah. I, I used to play all that old school on the radio. Yeah. I yeah, I used, you to, I used you to. Still half, half deaf. <laughs> you still got You're some of that? You still got some of that, fan man? Fan man, you love EPMD, don't you? I say what? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, anyway, uh, bigger on his iPod, you know it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, Detroit, you know, lost to San Francisco, and it's here on the uh, on some website I found that Bill Ford, who's the vice chairman, uh, said he fired he would fire President Matt, uh, vice uh, team president Matt Millen if he had the authority. If so he I guess Matt's going bye bye, which he doesn't though. Well, you, you know, well, well that's just the like, authority. He's the team president. He doesn't well, have no, the authority. he's not the team president. His <laughs> dad is. He's Matt Millen's the team man. president. Yeah, I, no, I, I, I his father. Yeah, Hodge said he yeah, the dad is, you know, the one who's actually going to, you know. Call the shots. Call the shots, and uh, I guess he hasn't called that one yet. But for some reason or another, now we all know this. We've been following football for a while. Matt, for some reason, has some kind of security there in Detroit because 
He's been there much longer than uh, what two or three coaches have been in and out of there. He might have some incriminating evidence. He's, before got, he's got somebody on videotape doing something <laughs> wrong, so he definitely has a security blanket over him. There is something going on there. But hey, you guys, know what they say about us Penn Staters, Ray? We we, we survive through adversity. Well, I believe that too because he's definitely a survivor. You know, because well, he, he you know, he's been there since two thousand one. Yeah, he so should have been long. He should have been long gone. He's made a lot of these picks, you know, and uh, you know, brought into the staff. But but for whatever reason, listen, I, I'm happy for him. I, I've always liked Matt Millen as a person, as a player, as a GM. Well, I got a second opinion about that. But let's let's go down the schedule, guys, because we haven't got a chance for a while to to do this because we got some really good games, man. And and so I want to know. Uh, from you guys, I'm thinking that there's a, a couple good games, very good games, I think. I think that Baltimore and Pittsburgh is going to be a very good game, and, and that's an AFC game. And so, Hodge, I want you to you know, tell me a little bit about what you think about uh, the Ravens. Uh, you know, the Ravens are at Pittsburgh. You know, I, I look for this to be a physical game, just kind of like the game that Pittsburgh just played. Can they play another one? Uh, another it's going to be rough. I, I know – I know Roethlisberger can't get sacked that many more times. He's got to be tired of hitting the ground. So, But it's going to be a physical defensive game. I look for this to be a low-scoring game, just like they just played with Philly. And they're going to have to slug it out. But that's that's their mentality, and that's who the Pittsburgh Steelers are. they got to go in there and win this. Hey, Jeff, now you, you saw the way the Eagles were able to attack. And I think, again, I think the Eagles, it's a run blitz. I think they come in blitzing with the intention to stop the run. And, by the way, right. if you don't hand the ball off, we're going to take your quarterback out too. Absolutely. Absolutely. And with, with that being the case, I see Baltimore being very aggressive this year, too, looking like, you know, the, the Ravens of old. Do you think Ben is going to be able to come back after a game like that? I mean, uh, it, it's a tough thing to have two games like that back-to-back. Yeah, it is a tough thing to have two games. But although, if you think about what the Eagles did, they had a really tough physical game against Dallas and came back and played pretty well against Pittsburgh, um, especially on defense. So I think I think that they can they can put up with another slugfest if they have to. I mean, they but... I agree with you that the Ravens defense will probably watch a lot of tape of that Eagles-Pittsburgh game and and try to mock a lot of what the uh, Eagles did. Yeah, and, you know, you got uh, down there with the Ravens, you know, you got a guy who's who's from Philly, you know, head coach down there, so he's he's probably going to be making some calls up there to hand in those boys and and find out what happened. Right, and he's got a defensive coordinator in um, uh, Ryan who – like the blitz, so I mean, it's it's kind of a good formula. Well, you know, Jimmy Jimmy Johnson, he's he's so creative and one of the mm-hmm. best de- has been one of the best defensive coordinators in the league for a long time now, and uh, you know, he just he really handed it to Roethlisberger and the Pittsburgh Steelers and just kept him, especially in the second half. The whole second half, I mean, it seemed like every play Roethlisberger was picking himself up off the turf. Yeah. Hey, you guys want a great stat? The Steelers ran sixty offensive plays on Sunday against the Eagles. And 19 of them went for negative yards. Wow. That's almost wow. one third of every every third play they ran went backwards. You know, when I watched that game, I think the thing that I was most impressed about of all the things in terms of you know players' respect for each other is Ben. At least I never saw him show the frustration as if you know the offensive line. You know what the hell are you doing? How come nobody's right. blocking? Right. He, he never showed that. Well, he, he that's because he couldn't pick just one. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're you right. Know As a player, they're a lot though, bigger than him, too. When I, when I used to play with the Rams, man, and every time we would play Philadelphia, I would tell you that would be one of the games that I would not look forward to because you never knew what Jimmy Johnson was going to concoct with the schemes, who he was going to bring. Was he going to bring cat businesses with corners? Was he going to bring Dawkins up the middle from the safety position? I mean, you never knew what you were going to get with Philadelphia. As a running back, you always had to have your head on the swivel to, to make sure you had good protection, that you were pass blocking. And that your quarterback wasn't in, you know, knocked down like that. And so I could, you know, I could feel the pain that um, 
Pittsburgh had because it's tough going against a guy. He's that creative every week. And uh, so shots out to Jimmy Johnson out there. Yeah, a great man who, you know, who is comfortable in, in his position. I don't think he wants a head coaching job. I know. I, no, you know, no, not at all. No. Okay, let's move on because I want to get I want to get old to give me, a, you know, a couple uh, opinions about what's going on here. You know, you got – and that's not just because I want to stay on Cleveland, man, but – Man, you got Cleveland and Cincinnati there. I think there's two guys, two coaches who perhaps their jobs are in jeopardy. What do you think about Cleveland and Cincinnati? I think uh, Cincinnati, they really turned some things around by playing a tough game against the Giants, the defending Super Bowl champs. And they played they played them till the very end. They made it tough. Their defense played well, made it tough for Eli Manning. He had a couple nice throws. And uh, their offense picked up. Um, Close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. That's retarded. <laughs> hey, but the thing is, Cincinnati—they're gonna—they're gonna rebound against Cleveland. Cleveland's gonna be gonna be uh, without Jamal Lewis, and their receiving core is depleted. Braylon Edwards and they, is they catching the ball. They're they thinking about pulling there. Anderson. You think they should pull out and go with Brady? I think Quinn? they'll. I think they'll give him a shot this week. I'm sure the the leash is very very short, and uh, I think uh, you know we'll see Brady Quinn sooner than later. I heard okay. Quinn's taking forty percent of the starts or the snaps in practice. In practice, so. yeah. And well, Eric, e- Eric, let me ask you something. I'm glad you jumped in on that because I was going to come back to you. You know, as as a fantasy guy, how do you play that when you think there's a guy who's got a short leash on him? Do you do you try to perhaps maybe think about picking the guy who's going to come into the game? Uh, you, you never know. I mean, if it's a very rarely as a quarterback, do you get that backup? When when you got a running back on your roster, a lot of times you want to have his backup. As a quarterback, you just want to make sure you at least have someone else you can put in the game, and and when someone's not hot, you want to be able to have someone else that you can put in. But nah, like I, if I had Derek Anderson, I definitely wouldn't be looking at dropping my backup to pick up Brady Quinn. Okay, hey fan man, let me let me jump to you real fast. I, I got a game here. I got Arizona Cardinals against the Jets. Okay. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. What do you really believe is going to happen? You think the Cardinals really stand a chance? Or you? You, you feel like, Hodge, hey, man, that's a long place to go across the country. Probably won't well, happen. They're not across the country. They're still on the East Coast, and right they're the not same. coming back to Tweety Bird, to, uh, the Pigeonville. And, but remember now, in Kurt's mind, Kurt's back here with his family. Oh, well, he may oh, be. I lost you on that right, one, but, family. You, know, you have Hollywood <laughs> Matt as his backup in case, you know, Kurt breaks Kurt down. needs to get over it and stop being mad. Go ahead, fuel up one of them G5s and get your family over there. That's put, probably that's a what I said. Bring them over there. They can sit in the Motel money. 6 and be happy. Uh, I miss, okay. can, someone, can someone fill me in quick? Did Kurt Warner complain about staying on the East Coast? Yeah, yeah he's, he's complaining, complaining. That, he, that the team wouldn't go back to Arizona, that uh, Wisenhunt kept the team on the East Coast because of jet lag. <laughs> See, yeah, no, that, that's what I said after I smoked that stuff. I went, huh? <laughs> APG show. My feeling is, and I agree with Hodge, um, that the Jets are just going to just smash them to the ground. Hey, well, hey, Jeff, let me ask you something. This is something that I'm sure that the teams out west, you know, from the west coast, if they were playing on the east, it's something they've done before. Uh, does that is that a joke to you, or you think it's something they sh- they should consider? With, no, uh, I think it's a good idea to stay out there. Honestly, I don't think it's, it's, it's for the whole flight and travel reasons alone. That's why I think it's a decision. good idea. So it's a to hear decision. Kirk complaining about it kind of makes makes me laugh. I think it keeps them very focused on the game at hand. It kind of makes this the week a little bit of a shorter week, and you know, I think the most difficult thing in, in, for any athlete to do is the is the constant travel across the country. Yeah, plus they have better food back there. Well, you know, the the travel is not so much the hard thing. I, I, you know, what makes what makes it not a good move is that a team is used to structure, you know, all the things we talk about as a player. You don't want to be in New York. Too many distractions. They're in well, New York City. 
Well, you're right about that. We had the 4040 Club partying with Jay. <laughs> but I tell you what else is not a good move. It's not a good move that the show is about to end, but it has to end. I hate to say that, but you've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network with the number one co-host in the world. Band man. I got my two friends in here with me. Oh, nice. And as always, I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. That's what it's all about.